1: Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello. So in lieu of a podcast this week, uh, we're just coming on live on YouTube to talk about how we did the game week 14, talk about our plans for the next couple of weeks in a WGT Q&A uh, to round off this weekend of football in this Sunday derby day. I'm obviously very happy, but one man who's feeling a bit less Nate. get it, is Nick. How are you, mate? That's absolutely terrible, Tom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. Shocking. Yeah, I'm, I'm not great, to be honest. Uh, you know, it was, it was just one of those game weeks. I thought that I'd have a little bit of jam just at the end with some Dine, uh nine points uh, off my bench because Aguero didn't play. But of course, Liverpool went and scored in that final minute of the game, thanks to some Jordan Pickford's hilarity. So yeah, uh, that was a bit of a blow to my game week. Just generally, this one of those game weeks it looks like it's a red arrow as well for me. I'm just, and obviously with the North London derby, not going my way at all. Just, uh, yeah, what a weekend to forget in terms of the football, I think. So uh, let's get cracking. Uh, just to say quickly, of course, we are Who Got The Assist. You can find us on Twitter at WGTA underscore FPL and use Spotify, SoundCloud or wherever you'd like to listen and subscribe. So um, go on then, what are we are talking about today?
1: Yep. So we're on for about 30 minutes. I'll date you guys on the market force before taking questions from Twitter and the audience. And we'll be talking about kind of our teams, I guess, how we did this week, just to begin with, and also our plans for the next week. Literally, the dust has settled. We haven't had that much time to do that much research. So it's be more of a talking around the subjects and providing stats where we can.
0: Yeah, sounds great. And thanks for the questions. Yeah, We're looking forward to our second live performance of the weekend after being on the uh, the Breakfast Club with Joe and Dave from Fancy Football Scout on Saturday morning as well. So if you haven't listened to that, it's worth a check out. So anyway, let's, let's get started with the game week reviews um, quickly. So do you want to start with your game week?
1: Yeah, uh, it was actually all right. It was 57 points. Yesterday it was. I was looking at a very big green arrow, so up to 30k. Now it's a tiny, tiny green arrow, 2k rise uh, to about 58k. k. Um, I did the Raheem Sterling move in and I uh, did all right. I mean, I got the goal. I wish he could have done a bit more, like that kind of amazing run where he hit the post as well. And if that had gone in, this tapping had gone in, then I'd have been laughing really. Got all four defenders at the back. Edison lost his clean sheet, of course, and Arnautovic as well got an assist. But Martial, Richarlison, Salah, and uh, well, Agüero didn't show up. So I got success off the bench, who spooned over a one-on-one for Watford. Uh, So yeah, fifty-seven points and uh, a bit of a bit of a poor bench. Really, is what's cost me to some extent with the success kennedy slash bro potus and bennett being my free benches so nothing really to call on in events like with caniguerra uh, not really featuring what about you nick you weren't very happy for a little while but uh did it get better um i mean not particularly i got
0: 50 <laughs> i got 55 points it is actually a red error, apparently according to uh oh. fancy football fix so yeah a little bit peeved obviously i had that dean clean sheet wrapped up It's the second time in as many weeks that that's happened to me. Last-minute goals sort of took away my Wolves clean sheet the other game week against Arsenal. And now this game week with um, Dine losing at the last minute. It was just one of those weeks where things didn't go my way. I was just waiting for um, that Leroy Sane assist to be awarded as well. But apparently um, FPL claims that it was a pass and not a shot, even though the conjecture of the ball was towards the keeper and Begovic, I think he was rewarded with a save for it as well. So I just don't quite get the logic of how they claim that he was passing and not taking a shot and therefore didn't get the assist. And I think he would have got bonus points as well. So that was another four points or so that were robbed from me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit annoyed, as you can tell. Um, Pitchforks out, Nick. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Bit annoyed. Aguero didn't play, obviously, but I captained Hazard. He got me an assist at least, so that was a 12 pointer in total. The defence generally was relatively solid. Juan six. Alonso, six. Robertson, six. And Doherty scored, but Patricio only got me one point, so I'm potentially getting rid of him. But yeah, uh, all in all, it's, it's not been a, a good few weeks for me. I've kind of, I think you're about 50 or 60 points ahead of me when I was ahead about five game weeks ago so it's just I just need some sort of like lady luck to to turn in my direction a little bit but nothing so far.
1: Yeah I mean a lot of your 50-50 calls haven't really quite paid off have they I um, mean the stuff like uh, Sam Vokes obviously last week scoring adds insult to injury to some extent doesn't it but I mean this is a nice segue to basically what we're going to talk about which is our transfer plans and captaincy and this obviously does bring in a few questions, obviously, on uh, Aubameyang and Kane. Uh, FPL Awesome, uh, Vardy Boys, Clipper and Gill. I've just seen the FPL Physios mention this in the chat. Kane versus Aubameyang uh, for Kun Aguero coming out. Uh, Martin SD1 asked what are the pros and cons for bringing in Kane? And uh, Sean Murphy on the other side of things asked, should we just forget all about Kane and, uh, and bring Alba in? So I think this probably covers our transfers and captains to some extent too. It's maybe worth talking about. So Nick, on this particular question... What are you doing with Ken Aguero? Who are you turning into and why? So at the moment with Aguero, I'm possibly going to
0: hold him. And it's a bit controversial, but Ooh. my plan was to bring in Aubameyang the following game week. And I wanted Agrero for that final game against Watford. Now, it depends a lot in terms of what Pep says in the next couple of days, if we hear from him at all, if he tells us that Aguero's is fit for Watford. I would be tempted just to hold him for that final game week before I do that swap for a Yang because Arsenal have Manchester United. Um you know, obviously Manchester United perhaps haven't been sort of the same Manchester United of old, but still it's a it's a tough fixture whilst Manchester City arguably have the easy fixture where they could potentially score another four goals and Aguero could easily be in the points again. And then after that, with game week 16, that's when I wanted to bring in an Arsenal player because their run is really nice. Um, they've got Huddersfield, Southampton, Burnie, uh, Brighton. So that was my original plan was to hold Aguero for one more week and then swap in for a Yang. when sort of Arsenal have Huddersfield and... Um, Aguero has Chelsea, Manchester City have Chelsea. But with um with the news with Aguero, with Aubameyang's performance, I'm starting to think, well, maybe I should make the move early, perhaps do the swap. I was looking at my midfields as well. I've still got Hazard. I'm thinking maybe I could do a swap Hazard to Sterling. I can afford that very easily because I've got a little bit in the bank as well. So that's a potential move I was thinking about. The other one I was thinking about with Hazard was a Spurs midfielder.
1: Hmm.
0: I wanted to cover... Spurs um, for the next um, run of games and I think um, we talked a little bit off air about Spurs and how we were going to cover them if we're not going for Kane and with that run of fixtures I think Ericsson or Ali could be a really good pick or even maybe home in Son with Spurs' fixtures they've got Southampton, Leicester, Burnley at home, Everton away, Bournemouth at home, Wolves at home, Cardiff away so that's a really nice Christmas run and uh, you can see lots of goals for Spurs perhaps some clean sheets as well so I think they're definitely a team that even though they got trounced um, today that we need to think about covering. But actually, the move that I'm probably definitely going to make first is I'm going to do a goalkeeper switch.
1: Oh boy. So
0: I've been doubled up in warms <sighs> for a Sorry, little while. <laughs> and it, it's incredibly painful seeing those clean sheets disappear um, in the last minute against Arsenal, against Huddersfield, against Cardiff. You know, I've had Doherty and Patricio and it's just like, it's just horrible just seeing those one pointers and those two pointers week in, week out. And it's just, it's just destroying my rank as well, having these guys. So I was thinking in terms of goalkeepers, I know you guys might not be too interested, but I've done a bit of analysis anyway. And, and the man I'm I'm looking at is is Fabianski. Um I think West Ham's fixtures are really great. And I think we're going to talk about some of their attacking assets a little bit later. But they've got a run of Cardiff, Crystal Palace, Fulham, Watford, Southampton, Burnley, Brighton. That's a really, really nice run of fixtures for West Ham. Definitely a team that is worth them considering and covering at this moment in time. Um, so you've got the likes of Anderson and Altevic, who we're probably going to talk about. But I think Fabianski is the one I'm looking at in terms of goalkeeping. Um, in terms of the underlying stats... Incidentally, last season, game week one to fourteen, he was top for saves with sixty and had the best save percentage in the Premier League with 81.1%. This season he's second for saves overall, just behind Joe Hart. He's made fifty-seven saves. Um and um Fabianski also has the third best save percentage currently with 75% and this is goalkeepers that played every single game. Only Edison and Alisson have more than him. And actually, um, incidentally, Lloris, if you're going for a premium goalkeeping asset, has the best save percentage of all, this, all the goalkeepers. And this was a stat I had earlier in, in, in the day and I was like, this is a really nice stat to, to share on the pod. But after, after seeing Spurs concede four goals tonight in I don't know if many people are thinking about Larice now, but even though he's only played nine games, he's got the best. He had the best save percentage with eighty four point two percent, and with Spurs fixtures, I
1: think he would be um, perhaps a, a decent way of covering Spurs as well. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I can see why you're why you're moving the keeper on. I think it's one of those things that like, at the start of the season you have a bit of a template in place in terms of your defence and the guys you're not going to move around. And for a lot of people, it was two Wolves players. Now with Patricio not ticking over and Wolves really struggling to keep clean sheets at the moment, I I completely understand that. And it's probably worth not having that double up anymore. Doherty, for me, actually might be going down to first sub this week. So while you're busy doing that, I'm probably going to be taking a very, very large hit. I'm probably going to be taking a minus eight this week. One part of it is to future-proof to some extent. So my plan at the moment is to bring in Aubameyang. And the reason I'm doing that is... Well, one, I love Aubameyang generally as a player. Um, he's uh, £10.9 million, so I get a little bit of money out of him um, from selling Sergio Aguero. Um, and i am be backing Arsenal against, uh, against Man United. And there's a couple of good reasons for this. Uh, Tom, FPL Centre, uh, mentioned to me, and I did look this up too, uh, that shots conceded. Man United are actually fourth bottom for shots conceded over the last four game weeks, 64. Uh, to Fulham have conceded two more than they have. And Arsenal have actually had the most attempts in the last four game weeks. So potentially, we are a bit of a side on the rise. We're second for shots on the box as well, 38. Just four behind Man City and just two ahead of Liverpool. Um, watching us today, um, even though Aubameyang, often to the eye, is a bit a bit languid, a bit poor. Definitely seemed that something was working, especially in the second half, with uh, when he was playing as part of the tour of Lacazette. And for me, that game week 16 against Huddersfield is a big one. I think that'll be when I captain him. But the reason I'm doing all three moves that I'm thinking of doing at the moment is because I want to roll that game because in game week 17, I'm removing Mo Salah and putting Harry Kane in. So I want to have two free transfers then to do whatever I need to do. So game week 16 has to be a roll week. So game week 15 is the week that I that I do some changes. So Aubameyang in, Felipe Anderson is probably going to come in for Martial, I think. Had enough, Martial. Basically, that was a that was a pretty poor decision. He was he was overperforming, and um, I think I'm going to be removing Bro Potter's Kennedy for Brooks. I know he didn't start against Man City for Bournemouth, which suggests he's going to play against Huddersfield, and it kind of just sorts up my bench a bit because at the moment, as I mentioned, the bench was a Success Kennedy and. Uh, Bennett. So if I bring Brooks in for Kennedy, then I can bench Doherty and sort of Bennett and success, but at least I have got Doherty and like another a good bencher going on. But yeah, I think I'm I'm Team Bamiang at the moment um, and I'm going to be ignoring Kane until game week 17. So two weeks going Kaneless, and it's going to be very difficult, especially against Southampton, to go through that. But I think that's basically where I'm going to be. With all these things, it really depends on your team and where your team is and how your team's doing. A lot of the time people advise you, they're coming at it from their own team. But for me, my team needs a lot of work around the edges, like the bench needs to be looked at, the quality that I've got in my team needs, needs to be looked at and sorted out. If I'm buying Kane, I'm uh, diluting the quality of my midfield even more because I've got to turn Martial into a 5.5 or something like that, as opposed to trying to sort things out. I need more money, not less, so Working with Aubameyang and hoping that um, you know Man United is probably going to hold no fear for most teams at the moment. I'm hoping that works is is just going to be the be the case. But I won't forget about Kane. Game week 17 is definitely in because he'll be the captain's there. So Nick, Kane wise, then um, I know you you said you might you might be holding Aguero. Another bit of Jamie Jackson news there. Um, with, with Kane, you're planning to bring him in, are you? And You'll be doing that in game week 17 as well, if you stick to your plan. Is that true? As well as Aubameyang. Yeah, you're just not going to bring Kane in at all?
0: I don't know how I'd be able to fund that. That's the problem. My second strike is, my second strike is only 5.6 million. I mean, I could potentially sell Salah for that Manchester United game. It would be another hit. It's just, it's a lot of moving players around. Last time I brought Harry Kane in. You know, I was expecting him to bang the goals in for fun. I think it was for Cardiff at home and, and he blanked. I remember the season before, there were some really nice home fixtures, which I brought him in for on a minus eight. I think I can't remember if it was something like Huddersfield at home or Burnley at home and Swansea at home or something like that. And he blanked in all of them. And he's just he's just been a serial blanker in most recent game weeks. I think a lot depends, I suppose. I do want to Spurs play. I do want some coverage in that Spurs team. That's why I'm thinking maybe the likes of Christian Eriksen could come in in the midfield and he's a lot more affordable and I can fit him in a lot more easily by getting rid of the likes of Hazard perhaps or, or Sane um, to, to fit him in without too much sort of damage to my um, to my team. So I think, uh, I don't know about Kane, I think I'm, I'm planning my Bamiyang and I'm planning some form of Spurs coverage in the midfield and that, that's my general plan for the next few game weeks at least.
1: No, it definitely makes sense. I was a little bit annoyed actually because I put the Obami, Aubame- I had Obamiang in like I think after you said it um, on the last pod, I really started thinking about like, my plan for the next three, which is the beauty of doing this sort of thing with one of your friends because you can get still their ideas. Um, but I was thinking about how I was going to do the next three and then working with Obamiang, a bit of an awkward fixture against Man United, but now I'm emboldened to do it, right? whereas before it was kind of an awkward transfer. FPL Phelan has just asked us uh, what do we do with Mo Salah? Um, do we think that Salah, because he got taken off, um, might not? get the armband against Burnley for us might, you know, Sturridge start or something like, what are you thinking about that? Because like, I guess captain from next week um, is, is actually quite a tough one
0: but I think Salah would be my captaincy pick still for next game week against Burnley. I think you have to view the early substitute perhaps even as a positive rather than a negative. He didn't play the whole 90 minutes, which means he's going to be a little bit fresher, only a little bit fresher than some of the other options. And I still think he's going to be um, one of the key leading men for the Liverpool front line next game week. It's certainly not a case that he'll be dropped or um, sort of fall out of favour with Klopp. He only substituted him because I think... Um, Clock perhaps wanted saw some some more attacking impetus and some fresh legs on the team and, and saw, saw Salah as the, the substitute that particular week. But yeah, I think he'll definitely still play. I would be surprised if he misses out or starts on the bench. It would be a bit of a shock. And even if he does start on the bench, he's always kind of that character that could come off the bench, play 20 minutes and net a couple of goals like we've seen from Aubameyang. And Burnley have been not addressed this season and they've been the worst in terms of goal attempts. Yeah. They're worse, even worse than Fulham in terms of the actual goal attempts that they've um, they've had against them this season. So I think, for me, um, when looking at some of the other picks, you've got sort of Manchester City playing Watford, you could if you own Sterling, pick him as captain again, or even maybe Aguero. I've seen a few differential picks. I know you mentioned, actually, Tom, that you were thinking about um, captaining on Azovic against Cardiff at home, and someone, um, Goops in our sort of slap group mentioned he was thinking about Wilson um, against Huddersfield. So there's some interesting picks out there for next game week, some differential captain picks, but I think I'm, I'm going to stick and go with Salah because I think, Burnley, uh, it could be a massive it could be a massive win for, for Liverpool.
1: Yeah, I think so as well. I think that, I mean, there is the the worry with Liverpool and Mo particularly because he's the one that we, a lot of people own, maybe Sadio Mane too, is uh, the Bournemouth game, I think, on Saturday. Was it Saturday or Sunday? Um, so they're away at Bournemouth. And then I think it's on Tuesday. They've got a, a very, very big game in the Champions League. So I think that that would be the game that I would... Underline as being the one that we're going to probably see quite a lot of rotation. Um, I know Bournemouth is going to represent the challenge, but I, I think that that's probably going to be the time when uh, players aren't new playing. I, I don't know. I've, I don't know whether... It's a tough one, isn't it, with this sort of thing? Because you're trying to kind of second-guess the manager and we don't really know the condition of all of the players, right? But I think with Mo being taken off a bit early, you got to hope that means he's going to play versus Burnley. And if, uh, if it, I think the Bournemouth game is going to be the one that... they're going to kind of put out a team to win it, but they're probably not going to put out their strongest team. I think that kind of makes the most sense, doesn't it? Because they're still alive in Champions League to some extent.
0: Yeah, I think we might see some rotation with Liverpool, but I'd still be surprised if Salah misses out at all. So, yeah, I'd I'd expect him to start and I probably will be captaining him. That's That's my call anyway on him.
1: Yeah, FPL Dare asked about captains a second ago. So I mentioned that I'm probably going to be doing Salah as well. Um, But I do really like Arnautovic um, as a captain against uh, against Cardiff. I really do like that. Um, I think it might be a nice week for that sort of thing, especially if people are, a lot of people are going to be on Kane, a lot of people are going to be on Mo. And I think that on this day, Arnautovic can get you what, 10, 12 points. He got, did that against Burnley. Okay, Cardiff aren't, haven't been as terrible as Burnley. It's one of those feelings that, sure, will just leave nowhere, but... Um, but before we move into talking about midfielders a little bit, should we just see how the market is reacting to what's going on? Like, what are the market forces like this week, Nick?
0: Yeah, so it's actually very interesting. Market forces, of course, it's um, the game is only just finished, so it's very early days. But it's a it's a week of straight swaps. The entire market force is all about those straight swaps. So um, leading the way in terms of transfers in is Aubameyang with hundred thousand over a hundred thousand transfers in already, um, and Kane has over fifty five thousand transfers in as well in terms of the forwards. And Aguero has been sold by over 174,000 managers at this moment in time. So that's suggesting that everyone is selling Aguero for either Aubameyang or Kane. And two thirds of the populace are going for the Aubameyang choice, one third for the Kane. So looking at Arsenal's fixtures, they've got Manchester United, Spurs have Southampton at home. Arguably, Spurs have the, uh, the better fixture. But people are looking at that. People are thinking about Aubameyang's current form versus Spurs' current form. And, and choosing Aubameyang as the, as the better pick, perhaps reacting to this game week. Obviously, if Kane had got the brace, Aubameyang had perhaps only got the one goal. It might be the other way round. We don't know. But Aubameyang is also the cheaper option. Maybe that's weighing up in people's minds in terms of not being able to afford a straight swap for Aguero to Kane, but being able to afford a straight swap for um, Aguero to Aubameyang. Otherwise, it's all about straight swaps, as I said. We've also got the Hazard to Sterling swap. It was a big mover before the game week began. It's still a big mover as the game week has finished. Over 65,000 managers have sold Hazard. Over 75,000 managers have brought in Sterling. So that's definitely a straight swap that's happening. Sterling, of course... He's a player I don't own. I've only got Sané and Kun. I really do want to own him. I've got to think about how I bring this guy in as well because he has been brilliant this season. He's now the top-performing player in FPL. And he he's really critical um, for those players that sort of climbed up the ranks. And like, whilst I've been free-falling, the managers that have owned and Captain Sterling have been absolutely smashing it. And I've missed out on a lot of points by not owning this guy. And I, I will continue to probably miss out on points by not owning him. So I do need to think about, can I bring him in, can I just do a Hazard to Sterling swap? Should I stop being a, you know, a, a doubter and saying, oh, you know, I'm going to keep Hazard or keep Salah and just say enough is enough. I need to cover Sterling and bring him in. And then even owning Sane and Aguero is not enough for Manchester City, it's all about Sterling. I don't know. It's a tough one. As I always say, we don't even know if Sterling perhaps... Is going to get his rests. He might even get his, his rest as he got Watford and then got a really tough game against Chelsea. So it'd be a good time for Sterling to, to have a rest. So mm, I don't know, but the market definitely still leaning towards bringing in Sterling. His ownership's now up to 17.9%. So still, he's a little bit of a differential. But, um, the market, especially the top 100K, are really taking note of this guy. And finally, the other straight swap is the, the other one you touted on, Martial. 52,000 managers have transferred him out. Felipe Anderson, 68,000 managers have transferred him in. So a lot of people are now taking the notes of Felipe Anderson, four goals in four. Um, And uh, yeah, with West Ham's fixtures, they're definitely a team to start thinking about how you're going to cover them.
1: Yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm really, really surprised um, by the fact that double the Kane buy-ins or Aubameyang buy-ins. And I think that that is because you can do that for Aguero and one free transfer, you don't have to find any money there. A lot, of this, it does seem. There's a lot of things shifting there, doesn't it? With with Hazard and Kenequerry, who have been the stalwarts of our uh, of our little template for a little while, uh, moving off. And I think maybe let's just talk about these uh, these cheap midfielders a little bit. So Gabriel at FPL Lens asked us if any 7 million midfielders have caught our eye, and uh, I've mentioned Felipe Anderson a couple of times. And I think that he's nine. I think he's nine percent owned now, maybe up to ten. I think he's the next one who's going to be on the cusp of really coming through, especially with Arnie looking a bit. Uh, Well, I mean, he came off 70 minutes, Arnie, so you've got to be expecting he's going to play versus Cardiff, but the next kind of up until game week 21, there's a fantastic run of fixtures. Cardiff, Chris Persson, Fulham in the next three. Like, I'm doubling up on West Ham there. Um, And with Philippe Anderson himself, what's really interesting is that his profile as a player and what he is doing has changed a bit. So in the first um, eight or nine game weeks of the season, he was playing a primarily creative role and not really showing up in the attacking stats. I think at one point he created 23 chances in six game weeks. He's now completely reverted the other way. Um, so in the last four, he's taken 10 attempts at goal, eight of which were in the box. Um, in terms of in the box, he's joined second with Raheem Sterling, Mo Salah, and he's just behind the uh, Cardiff juggernaut Callum Patterson um, for shots in the box among the midfielders, which is you know, very, very encouraging stuff. And it seems like he's definitely taken on the, the an offensive mantle with West Ham. And a couple of people, a couple of West Ham fans that I've spoken to, I've mentioned the fact that he's really kind of getting into the groove now, it seems, with West Ham. I think that form plus fixtures make that a very, very deadly mix for me. Um, Martial, unfortunately, I gave him a couple of games. I'm I'm sure he's going to troll me at some point, but I I find it very difficult to ignore Felipe at 7.0. I really do. And I think that he's only going to go up and up and up after... uh, I'm sure he's going to return against Cardiff. and, And off we go there, really. I mean... Are you looking at Filipe, Nick? Are you looking at um, looking at any other players in this particular area? I definitely think
0: that Felipe Anderson is worth considering. He is uh, pretty uh, prol- prolific in the most recent game. As you said, West Ham's fixtures are brilliant. I don't actually have a Naltovic either. So if I was going to cover West Ham offensively in some way, I would be perhaps looking at Anderson in terms of coverage. I don't know how I'm going to fit him into my team at this current moment in time. I've still got Fraser as my fourth midfielder um, and He's got Huddersfield up home at next. So I've sort of held him in the last few game weeks and they've had some tough fixtures. But Huddersfield at home, I'm going to be keeping Fraser. I'm going to be keeping Sane. Um If I get rid of Hazard, it'll be for someone like Sterling. And um, I'm keeping Salah. So it's, it's tough to, to sort of find a slot for either Arnie or, or Anderson in my team. I mean, the other one, in terms of the question, the other midfielder that's still worth a shout out, and I think a lot of people are in him anyway, is Richarlison. So he's the same price, but I think just playing out of positions always an exciting sort of prospect for a midfielder at his price. And he he will be reclassified next year, most likely as a striker. Um, Everton have middling fixtures they've got Newcastle at home Watford at home then Manchester City away and, and Spurs at home but mm. I still think he, he's a great prospect and uh, yeah you've been unlucky not to get returns from him in the last couple of game weeks and uh, his temperament is a little bit of a worry as well when I owned him for that one game week he headbutted someone got sent off he was <laughs> yeah. involved he was involved in a little bit of argy-bargy actually um, in the Liverpool game I can't remember who it was but he gave someone quite a a bit of almost like a headbutt to the to the shoulder. Probably not going to get any retrospective action for it, but it's worth noting anyway. And uh yeah, I think Richardson's still still a good pick. You you planning on holding him then for the foreseeable future?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, so. He's got Newcastle up next, who have got the joint uh, most big chances conceded in the last four game weeks. Uh, Cardiff uh, with thirteen, a third. Um, So, I mean, a few people have been lauding their defence recently, but I mean, the stats are still there that they've that they aren't you know as solid as say Huddersfield are, who are looking a lot better. Uh, they've only seen six big chances recently, which is the same as uh, the same as Man City actually. But yeah, Richard gonna stay at least for those next two home games and feasibly just stay for an awfully long time in fact because I mean Everton, they do they do kind of run into Man City and Tottenham 17 and 18. But then after that, game week 19 to 26, they've got a great run of fixtures, but they don't play any teams in the top six. That also takes in visits to Huddersfield, Southampton, Burnley, and home for games against Bournemouth, Leicester and Wolves. So I mean Again, he's going to play every minute. He did play every minute for Marco Silva at Watford, and I think he played every game last year, didn't he? So probably not going to need a rest. Um, And it's just going to be quite a a player that you can happily set and forget there. I've made a lot of money on him as well, so there's no chance I'm going to be selling. Um, Yeah, I I think that it's it's probably a case of looking at the brilliant Brazilians at the moment almost in that kind of mid-price bracket, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think they're
1: the two standout picks. I mean, you've got the cheaper assets. I think Brooks
0: is a very interesting prospect that you mentioned. You're perhaps bringing in, he's he's definitely a cheap enabler if you want to, wanting to perhaps free up an extra 2 million. And then you've also got Ryan Fraser, who's been sort of leading the way in terms of chances created and big chances created in terms of midfielders and has definitely been performing brilliantly this season. But I think, yeah, Anderson and that at 7 million are, are the two standout picks.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, just a word on David Brooks as well. He is um, an excellent, what I like to call a Swiss army knife of a player. He's a, the best utility player, I think, at the moment. Tom Kearney may come in and be that guy, actually, going forward. Uh, but David Brooks, who does a few things. One is he rotates very, very well with Doherty. So whenever Doherty has a bad game, stick him on the bench and shove Brooks in. Two is 5.1, so you're more than happy to play a more bench him. And, and three, he still plays for a fairly attacking Bournemouth team despite the fact that they've uh, recently run out of steam to some extent and lost their purple patch so he's looking like the guy I want to bring in just uh, I might take a minus eight to get this guy in just because he's going to be so useful I think over Christmas and you know, undoubtedly I think we should probably just mention this quickly there will probably be some rotation over Christmas and last year we saw it happen and this year I'm sure it's going to happen again where if you ever post any move people can be like, oh what about rotation but like, rotation is always going to happen it's part and parcel of this time of year any discussion of it is basically moot and you shouldn't just like let that change your perception or your opinion if there's a player who Who's like never going to really play, then fair enough. But for most players, it's, it's going to happen. You can't really predict it, and there's no right and wrong about it. It's just the case you just don't think about it that much. So like, You don't really think about it too much these days, do you, when you're making moves?
0: No, I try not to. But then with Manchester City, I do always worry a little bit. Like yeah, I, I have been a bit concerned. I have been a bit concerned with Sterling. Mm-hmm. And perhaps, you know, I've, I've let that impact my moves. I've always thought the likes of Hazard at Chelsea, Kane at Spurs. You know, some of these players are kind of immune to rotation but especially around Christmas there's always that risk that even the likes of Kane is going to miss out a game and I can't remember the quote from Pock, but I think he said something along the lines of there's this many games 10 games in 30 days everyone's going to be rotated or something like that I can't remember yeah, what Yeah only Norris
1: like is going to play every game or something like that he said. Yeah so I think yeah. with
0: everyone you have to have to
1: worry about it a little bit. Final question is a take a chancer. FPL Chancellor Dan asks if we should, in inverted commas, underlined and bolded, have a plan over Christmas or whether it's easier just or better to just be reactive to events as they unfold. Uh, Quite an interesting meta question there for you, Nick. Are you more of a planner? Are you more of a reactor?
0: I would consider myself a planner generally. I always look around two to three game weeks ahead. Like every time, every time we do the pod as well, I always sort of like. Look at the fixtures for every single team, and I pick out the teams that have the really good fixtures, even though, know, like a run of five to six games. I think West Ham are a really good example, and then I'll plan my transfers around bringing players in from those teams. So we'll look at the informed players, the likes of Felipe Anson and those are the players that we'll be bringing in. We're not planning on just bringing them in for that one fixture against Cardiff at home if we think, oh, they've actually got Manchester City and Spurs up next. It makes it a bad transfer. So I always try and concentrate, and if I'm going to bring in a player, if it's someone like Kane, you know, I might not, I wouldn't just do it for. One game week, and then think, right, I'm going to react the immediate week and then take him out. I try and avoid that as far as possible by looking at a run of fixtures and thinking, if I'm bringing in this player, he's going to be in there for a little while.
1: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. I try to give players four weeks, but sometimes it does change. So, if Martial, for example, getting rid of him uh, just because another player has emerged is what's going to happen. Uh, The final bit word for me on planning really is, um. It's very good to plan your captains for this time of year. Um, I put I put my kind of own little list of captains up on Twitter yesterday, um, but it, it really helps you in order to kind of just navigate what moves you're only wanting to make and when. So it's worth just getting a season ticker up. Hours, um, FPLs, whatever, and just looking for thinking right on this game week. Who's the who's probably going to be the top man? What team has the best fixture? Who's going to be the top man there? And just trying to make sure that you have these players or you have an alternative to cover those players. So, you no, know, this week everyone's going to have Kane maybe against Southampton. I'll probably have Mo versus Burnley or Arnie versus uh, versus Cardiff. I don't know. And then it kind of moves through Alba, Kane, Alba, Kane, Alba, Kane. Check that out. That's a great rotation until the end of until nearly the end of the season actually. Uh, so it's worth it's worth having a look at these sorts of things um, and planning those sorts of things in advance so we're going to wrap up just got a couple of things to mention um, on our pod uh, the first thing is, uh, is the FPL London meetup coming up in two weeks time uh, on the 14th of December very very close so we in uh, MathSafe FPL cordially invite you to this year's Christmas drinks 7pm 14th of December at the Marylebone Sports Bar and Grill if you haven't let me know already and you can come please do I think we've got about 30 or so people coming now apparently which will be very very good and Lee and Sam are both going to be there too um, so we've got some star appeal as it were um, there's a theme every week there isn't one in this stream uh, but last week it was Batman and General Zod got there first if you want to join our league our league code is 516-441 you can find us on Twitter
0: at WGTA FPL and we'll be back for a full proper pod in game week 17 and, we hope to you, and we'll speak to you in game week's time cool thanks guys thanks for listening cheers. cheers
1: bye oh it's a goal who got the assist who got the assist Podcast Network.